0: The following message from Bible teacher and pastor, Jim Crabb, is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio.
1: I got some, I'm going to teach out of Genesis 12 to begin with tonight, but before I get there, I found this and I thought this is worthy of sharing tonight with the church and with the, you know, the, the, the live, live stream Crowd tonight. By the way, if you're live streaming with us, give us a comment, shout amen, or tell us where you're watching from, and tell us if you have a prayer request. Go ahead on the comment thing on the bottom there, fill that in, and and let us know you're watching. Um, this is uh, I found this. It's by a great preacher. His name's Tony Miller, and uh, Tony Miller. He taught. a a message, I think, on, here's what he called it, nine ways to show love. Now, that's a powerful thing. I want to tell you, I want to challenge you tonight. Get out of all the strife you're in right now. Don't. I mean, I'm not talking about later, think about it and pray about it. I'm telling you tonight, get out of any strife you're in right now because that is the will of God. Strife brings contention, misunderstanding, hurt, pain, etc. Now, there's you can't stop somebody from being in strife with you. You can try to help it get out of that, but you can't make them. Right? Because you have you're only in control of you. Isn't that right? I mean, I I I am in control of Jim Crab. You're not. I am. Right? And I, gotta, I have to control him and not let him be in strife. I don't care. And I'm, I'm not asking you why you're in the strife and was it your fault or not. doesn't matter. But you and me, we don't walk in strife. We do not let strife grow and blossom in our lives. Right. That's why the scripture told us in the book of Ephesians, hey man, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, deal with stuff before then, don't don't go to bed with it, deal with it. If you're in a marital situation or with your children, deal with it, right? And so we we just, we're not people of strife. I'm telling you, we're people of love. Now we're tough as nails and we're aggressive, but that doesn't, See, you can be that way and still be in love. Isn't that right? You can be kind. You, you know, if some of you, need what you need to do, even before I read this, is think about reading before you go to bed tonight. Read 1 Corinthians 13, the whole chapter there. It'd be good. Love is patient and kind, generous, not envious. All the qualities that love has. Because, and you know why you need to be in love? For one reason, that's because God is love. If you're a a step out of love, is a step away from God. Every time, 100% of the time. You telling us 100% of the time, Pastor, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Because there's no room, right, in God's God's heart and his family for strife. Amen. Let's get to what Tony Miller said because I could go on and on about all that. Nine ways to show love. If you're taking notes, maybe you can write these. Okay, number one. He said, listen without interrupting. Man, this is a big challenge already, isn't it? <laughs> Brother Miller's given us a big challenge. Listen without interrupting. You know, you know. most people, this is an observation. A, this is a Pastor Jim Crab observation. Most people are poor Listeners. They don't act, there's, I've been using a term a lot lately, it's a, and, and it's a good term, especially for the times we're in right now, I've been talking about actively listening. There's passive listening and actively listening. You know, I've been, I've been in a lot of situations with my wife Sarah, when, when I'll, I'm not, I'm not actively listening really to what she's saying, I'm thinking about something else, right, and but, and, but she figured, the, the women are smart enough to figure it out. And then they'll, they'll let you know, I know you're not paying attention. So, to, most people are not great listeners. I, I would challenge you tonight. I really would. I think this, this will help your, your life to become a better listener. Right? Listen without interrupting. Number two, these are nine ways to show love. Speak without accusing. Right? Most, a lot of people, if you're in some conversation with them, they get accusatory as soon as they start talking. So speak without accusing. Number three, give without expecting. You know, that's how we're supposed to give. Not, not we give to God. He we can expect it to come back but but we don't we don't give to people and ex, and expect that they owe us something that's what he's saying there they don't owe us anything so freely you have received right what are you supposed to do then then freely you're to you give because you freely received so freely give amen number 4 ways to walk in love number 4 pray without ceasing there's a without in all these things here, if you haven't figured that out. Number five. Answer without arguing. Mm. I heard a lot of brothers right there just, just really say, ouch, right there. Answer without arguing. Share without griping. People, some people will... We'll share, but they get a gripe about everything while they're doing it. Number seven, enjoy without complaining. That's a, that's a, that's a good thing. That's a good way to stay in love, man. You know, if we'd stop, comp- some people are professional complainers. In other words, they, I mean, they are professional. They ought to be paid for it because they're really good at it. Because they complain about everything. And they complain about, you know, how they feel and how things are and how hot it is or how cold it is. And it's, it's really easy to fall in that one. And I know it well. And, but, you know, when you're complaining about everything, I, I notice this, this is true. You, then you stop enjoying things. Maybe because you've you got a negative look at that. The way things are. Forgive without punishing. So forgive without punishing. In other words, a lot of people will forgive you, but they want to punish you before they forgive you. They want to let you know how you know how much you hurt them, and I want to punish you and be, you know, and then I'll forgive you. No, no, no. We forgive. Without punishing. Amen. And then the ninth one is a really good one. I think. It's disagree. Without disrespecting. Man. If I could. I ought to take that and market that. And go. I could. could, If I could get America to listen to me right now. About that one right there. You can disagree. Without disrespecting the other side. And the other people. I wish wish during this election we'd learn that. You can disagree without being disrespectful. There was a time in America, some of you remember it, when seriously, the Democrats and the Republicans had a lot of respect for one another, even though they saw things completely differently, right? They had different views on things, but they would respect one another. And you can disagree, you better learn this lesson, man, or you're going you're gonna to be, it's going to be contention in your life, man. Disagree without disrespecting that person, amen? So I thought, I don't know, somebody needed that. I might be that somebody tonight, but anyway, I needed it, praise the Lord. Now, Genesis chapter 12, my... Uh, I was out talking to my next-door neighbor the other night, and uh, I guess and occasionally she's uh, on Facebook, you know, and, and uh, she, she'd been watching a little bit. And she said, she said, Pastor, you sure do talk fast. And I said, I'm going to tell you what a guy named Joe McGee told me one time. He said, I don't talk fast. You just listen too slow. You just need to listen. You need to listen faster, man. So I got to talk fast tonight, so you're going to have to listen fast tonight. But here we go. I got some good blessings for us tonight. We've been talking about Abraham. And we started a couple weeks ago, and I started with kind of the the climax thing of, of Abraham's life in Genesis 22 when God asked him to give his son. And Abraham, because he had entered into a covenant with God. How many know we're in a covenant with God? God is a covenant-making re- God. And he made a covenant with, with Abraham. That's how, that's how it was through the covenant, the agreement, right? And the, term, the, that, the the written terms of the covenant that God got in Abraham's life. And, and uh, until Abraham, uh, at this time in history, right, by Genesis chapter 6, God had to, w- he wiped the whole world out, man, when, because everybody's thoughts were wicked continually, and except one guy, and that was Noah, and he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But, so, so God wants to, he wants to, so he literally had to start all over again. He started in the garden with Adam and Eve, then they got they messed up, didn't they? Then and then it, got, it just kept getting worse, and and God, the men were destroying themselves with their wickedness, and they weren't trusting God and serving God in any way. They had no moral conscience toward God, and everything they thought was wicked and evil and violent continually, and and God said he. He reached his point, because I want you to know tonight, man. A God is love, but I, he's got a he's got a ceiling, man. He, he will take it. He will be merciful, patient, kind, and he'll let he'll let you go on and on and on and on. But when he reaches, seeing you never know where that point is. I just don't want to push him. Do you? I don't want to, man. I want to stay on his good side. But so all all humanity was can you imagine there there was no believers there were no churches there was nobody that thought right about God nobody cared about God nobody sought God nobody nobody wondered about God and they 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 didn't retain God in their mind and in their heart and and as a result they got, see that's why the, the more of God you, you you enter in relationship with the better the the earth you're going to make the earth better, and that's we're, we're kind of what I'm going to get to a little bit here tonight. That is the that's our call to make this earth better, isn't that right? Through being a blessing, and so God had to wipe them all out Genesis six the, the whole race that was from you know from Adam then he. You know, kept going. However many generations that was, and God wiped every one of them out. Only saved one man was saved, and that was because he got on, because he built the ark, got on the ark, and found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That was Noah. Okay, so that doesn't really speak well of how what what shape mankind is in, right? Because the majority, if you're listen, man, don't follow the crowd. I mean, no, that's true. You you can't follow the crowd, because the crowd most of the time I promise, man, the crowd's confused. You you find God working with people's lives most of the time. That's that they're God. He'll find the few that are willing and obedient, and he'll work with them, and he'll do he'll accomplish big and great things. Amen. So he had to. So he wiped all the human race out. And, and it starts with Noah again. Now, and so, here we are after Noah some generations. And now we're in Genesis 12. And this we were on this last week, but we're going to do it again, piece of this. And the Lord said unto Abram, because God could talk to him because he, he was getting in a relationship with him. Apparently, Abram, now Abram lived in a land of idol worship. So he wasn't around a bunch of church people. He was around a lot of idol worshipers, man. That's all they knew. That they made idols out of everything. They bought and sold idols. And that was the, the the region of the world that he grew up in. Right? So even though in Genesis 6 God wiped out everybody that wouldn't listen to him, by the time we get to Genesis 12, there's people there still, they're already not listening to him again. Huh? God is a really good guy. I'm telling you, man. God's a good God to put up with humanity. Seriously, and think about how humans are. He, the Bible says in John one, doesn't it? It says Jesus came to his own, and his own received him not. So that's what we did. You know, we we crucified you. Know, we crucified Jesus. That's how. That's how sharp we are. Our only answer, our Savior. And what does mankind do? We, we call for his crucifixion. We call for man. And, and I know you didn't do it, but, but people like I mean, humanity did. Right? They called for his execution and his death, shut him up. Well, you know, and Pilate said, Remember that story? Pilate said, Well, you know, it's our custom here as Romans, we. We let for, go free one prisoner each year at this time of year, and and uh, and and so, will yeah right. So the, there was Barabbas, right, and Jesus, and they, went, so they were so bad. That's um, my point. Is is it's, it's mind boggling. Man was so confused. Now. That doesn't mean they weren't, they didn't have, they weren't smart, but you can be really smart and really confused. The Bible says that the wisdom of God confounds the wisdom of the world, doesn't it? Right? So you can, you can have it all. You, listen, I want to tell you right now, if you're trying to find God with your brain, you are, you are in, you are in. I'm telling you, don't even go down that road because you're not going to find him with your mind and your brain. You find him when you search for him. Jeremiah said, you will seek me and find me when you search for me, the Lord said, with all of your heart. This thing is a heart thing with God. And so, anyway, so so God wipes out everybody. But now God's trying to get back into the, the earth. Because he wants to help, he he, he looks down, he sees, you guys, you're not making it without me. So he's trying to get somebody to listen to him. Listen, he's not just doing that in Genesis 12, he's doing that tonight. He's trying to find some people out there that will listen to him. And obey him. And and operate in his kingdom and his ways of doing things. He's just trying to get somebody to listen to him. Amen? And so he comes to Abram. And Abram, here Abram is. Nobody's ever taught him about the true and living God. Nobody ever taught him anything like that because none of his family knew it. Right? They were idol worshipers. Abram was raised in an idol worshiper's church probably, you know. In other words, with a group of idol worshipers. Right? And they... They would say that this, you know, whatever it was, an, an object, an inanimate object is, is a god, is God. That's who God is. And, but there were millions of gods, right? They had all these kind of idols. But but thank God, this is why Abraham is one of my heroes. Because in the midst of this mess, God was able to get Abram's attention. And talk to him. And l- listen to what it says here. Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram. He said to him. He's, he's starting to talk to him. Get out of your country. And from your kindred. And from your father's house. To a land that I will show you. So he's telling Abraham. I want you to listen to me. Right? I know you don't know me very well yet. But. I want you to start out just by listening to me. Step one, here's what you got to do. You got to get away from your family because they're, 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 they're going to pollute your mind. You got to get away from them. You got to get away from them. You got to go to another land that I'll show you. And we're going to create a whole new race and tribe of people. Amen. So God so when, so he's he listens to God. And he said, Lord told him, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. And I will bless everyone that blesses you. And I will curse him that curses you. And, now watch this. And in you, or through you, Abram, will all families of the earth will be blessed. So you're going to be so blessed Abram because you're listening to me and obeying me. This is really the Christian walk is not that complicated. You know what it is? It's being you got to I I boil it down to this. You got to be willing. You got to listen and you got to obey. And if you're you have a willing heart and you listen to what God says, and you obey what you hear as you listen, right? Then you will, the Bible says, God told him, he said, you'll eat the good of the land. Amen? Willing, listen, and obey. And that's what Abram, apparently, that's what he was. And he's told him, in through you, brother Abram, I know you don't know me very well, but I'm getting ready to bless the rest of the entire world through you and because of you. And anybody in the future that is that qualifies as blessed, then they're going to get it through something that's got to do with you. Yeah. Amen? Now, so that's what he told him. <clears throat> then, and uh, so, what What this is called that God began to do with Abraham was these things that God spoke over him, we know them as, they became known as promises. A promise. All right? So God promised him: get away from your, you get away from your family until a land I'll show you. Now he starts making promises. I will make of you a great nation. He promised him that he would. Right? I will bless you. He promised him that he would. I will make your name great. That's another promise. You shall be a blessing. That's a promise. I'll bless everybody that blesses you. That's a promise. I'll curse everybody that curses you. That's a promise. In thee, through Abram, all families of the earth will be blessed. That's a promise. Now, let me tell you what a promise is. A promise is a declaration or an assurance that one or someone will do a particular thing or that a particular thing will happen. It is a declaration of assurance that, that someone, that in this case it's God, will do something, right? Or that a particular thing will happen. Well, that's... That's why these things that God gave Abraham qualify as promises. Because what it was, was God declaring over his life, I'm, I'm gonna, this is what's gonna happen. I, I promise you this is gonna happen. You do your part of the covenant and I'm gonna do mine. Now I'm gonna tell you, I, I don't, I've never heard anybody really say this and I don't think I've ever taught this, but you know if Abram, if he wouldn't have listened to God, remember, willing, listening, and obeying? If Abraham wasn't willing and he didn't listen to God and obey him in leaving his that country, leaving those idol worshipers and, and to, to walk by faith out here, right? If Abram wouldn't have done that, do you think Abram would have that, the, that God would be obligated to do all these promises? Absolutely not. Because the terms of the covenant, a covenant's not made with one person. You can't make a covenant with one person. You make a covenant between multiple people, more than one, right? In this case, it's God and Abram. And God's trying to make a covenant agreement where there's obligations on both parties' parts. There's responsibilities on both parties' parts right? And both parties completely put themselves into the covenant. Both parties do. So if this is God and Abram, Abram, Abram's got obligations. Abram's got responsibilities, right? God's got obligations and God's got responsibilities to do his part of the covenant. But but both parties have to be all in. You know, I've, I've heard people say, you know, I do, I've done so many weddings. I mean, I don't know how many weddings. I should have kept a record of how many. I've done a lot of them, right? And the, and, but I've heard it said, you know, if I do, I'm involved in the marital, premarital counseling, I've heard, I've heard they'll, they'll say, well, I, we've heard, you know, we we know that marriage is is a fifty fifty proposition. And I was I I raise my hand when they say that, and I say you you just if 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 I married you, letting you believe that, I I really your marriage is not you you're, you're going to be in trouble, man, because I want to fix that because there's not a marriage that is fifty and 50 which equals 100 every marriage is 100% from the female and 100% from the male when you get married you, you have obligations and that we I've stood right here at this right here in front of this pulpit right here many many times in this church and in other places around the world by the way, anybody watching that's a born-again, be- spirit-filled believer and you want to do a beach wedding, I'm your man. Don't look any f- further. I'm your guy. Call me. I do great beach weddings. I've done those where the wa- I'm standing you know the sun's going down behind me, and I'm standing. I got no shoes or socks on, you know, and I'm standing in the ocean, and the waves are coming up on my. Oh man, I can really marry people like that. So if you need that done, don't find another pastor. I am. I am telling you that I'm the beach pastor. That'll do a beach wedding for you. But I, I've stood right here, and and before. You know, what the guy's wanting to do at the wedding, he's wanting to get to, now you can kiss your bride. They, he, he's, he's puckering by the time he comes out of the back room, man. Because he, that's what he's looking for. He's looking for some kissing and hugging. Right before, before there's any kissing and hugging, there's got to be terms of the covenant read. There, we have to teach, we have to lay out publicly what the what the obligations are of each party, right? And what the responsibilities of each party is, are, right? And you know, in in a in a wedding, you'd say, I, you know, I, I I tell them, I I I just really grease this wheel right here, man. I make this, I take this. Now, give give the uh, maid of honor or matron of honor your flowers and. I want you to hold hands with Him. Early in my ministry when I'd marry people, they'd stand there and they'd hold hands and they'd they'd look at me and when I was telling them what to say during the wedding, during the vows, they would be telling me and I, I raised my hand one time in a wedding and I said, hey man, I'm already married. So neither one of you can marry me. So turn and look at each other because I want you to say these, these vows of obligation and responsibility to one another. And I make them hold hands and look deep into each other's eyes, down into their hearts that they fell in love with. Man, and I, I, and, and I say then, and repeat after me, I, whatever the guy's name is, I promise to love you and keep you and cherish you or whatever the vows are. Many people write their own their standard vows or traditional vows. But they're 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 obligatory statements of declaration that this is this, I'm gonna do this. I am gonna I'm gonna do this. And then it's awesome because it's not just one party doing it. It's both parties doing it. Then we turn to the female. And the female gives her, we we give her the obligatory statements and declarations. And she makes declarations that I, and and I'm going to, in other words, I'm going to, this covenant will stay intact. I will not mess with it till death do us part. Right? That's exactly right. Once death happens, then then, you're, you're, then that person would be liberated. But until death happens, this is the way God wants, this is the way marriage is supposed to be. We're not supposed to have, the, God's plan in the kingdom in the garden wasn't to have divorce attorneys and divorce courts. Know, I've talked to attorneys that have gotten rich on just divorces because so many people are getting divorces that they've made a lot of money doing it. Huh? There's not supposed to be any rich attorneys over divorces, because people are, When 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 we marry you, I I will make sure people understand the terms of this thing. This is there isn't Plan B here. When you get married to this this person, man, this this is the thing. Yeah. Right now, you know, you get into the New Testament. There's, there's there there is some language that potentially could let you get out if the person's been unfaithful to the covenant right you don 't have to be perfect to stay in the covenant but you do you should be faithful but even then that doesn't mean you have to get a divorce but you 're free to if you'd like to at any rate we, the, it's a hundred and a hundred it's a hundred percent the man it's a hundred percent the woman and I will I will I refuse to do one, any marriage, if both parties won't agree to to, to the terms that, that God has has laid out in this in his word, right? And so that's the way it was with God and Abram. God came to Abram and said, I want to enter a covenant with you. And he started telling him, I, I'm gonna talk. I just need you to listen and obey. Right? And if you will, I'm telling you, these are this is what I promise to do. And and he told him in all those, you know, all those 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 things, those, those promises. I promise to make you a great nation. I promise to bless you. I I I make your name great. He, it is a declaration of assurance. That one will do a particular thing or that a particular thing will happen. Now, we, you know, all through the scripture, there are promises. That's God, that's the way God makes, that's the way God creates relationship. He, 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 He creates promises and if you agree to that promise and you receive and believe that promise, then... What the what was in the promise is gonna it, it's gonna get in you. All right. I I heard um, one guy say say it this way, you know. Faith for the promise is in the promise. So in other words, when God gives you the promise because of because it's covenant, then. That's where the faith for the promise to be fulfilled in your life comes from. Because because you know that's why faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word. Because faith faith for the promise you got to hear the promise. And that's why you know that's why I I believe that we got to get with Abraham and we got to find out what God promised us. Because we can't have faith for what God promised us if we don't know what God said He was going to be obligated to. and we could have assurance in. Amen? Amen. And so faith for the promise, where's it come from? It comes from the promise. So you've got to know what the promises are. Now I don't have time tonight, but man, I could. I wrote down a, a whole page of scriptures. That, that that talk about a promise or promises or something that God said about the promise. Let, let's, just, just, let's just look at, just, just, we're not going to look at it, but just one place in the scripture. Um, Remember the day of Pentecost? He told him, he said, hey, here's what I want you to do. He's talking to the disciples. He said, I want you to go, go to Jerusalem, didn't he? Go to Jerusalem. Told him exactly where to go. What do you want us to do when we get there? He said, just wait. Get to Jerusalem and wait. Huh? And and if you go and wait, wait, here's what you're waiting for. You're waiting for the, because the promise, what's been promised is coming and it's going to come there. That's where it's coming. But, so you got to be in a position you got to have listened to God, listen to Jesus, right? And go to Jerusalem and, and get there and don't quit looking at your watch. Just get there and wait. Wait for what? Wait for the promise to happen. Whatever God said, whatever God promised. And that's a good, that's, that's the kind of thing that's all through the word, amen, about the promises of God. Suffice it to say tonight, That you, if you're a Christian, you and God have a covenant relationship. And it's built upon obligations, responsibilities, and promises. Amen? And God will certainly do His part. And that's how He started with Abram. And that's how Abram's life went all through his life. Every good thing that happened to Abram... Happened because he he trusted in God's integrity that he would fulfill his obligations and all of his promises. Somebody say amen. amen. And God has given us a lot of promises. He's promised us long life. With, Psalm 91, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. Amen? So I... I It can't be time for me to die yet. How do you know, Pastor? Because I haven't had a long life yet. Huh? I've had a pretty long life, but I'm not looking for a pretty long life. He promised me a long life. Will I satisfy you and show you my salvation all the years of your life, of your long life? I'll bless you and I'll take care of you. Amen? A thousand. Here's a promise. A thousand will fall at your side. Psalm 91 again. A thousand will fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. But, but here's the promise. But I'm telling you, I promise you, you, if you're with me, God said, I'm telling you, it'll not come near you. Uh, it might happen to everybody else around you, but if you're standing on the promises of God, it's not going to happen to you. Amen. The promises. I, I read this every time over at the end of the wedding. I, I always make them let me you know right before you dance out the recessional, you're all excited, happy, and all that kind of stuff. I say, let me do one more thing as your pastor. I say, I want to I want to speak the blessing over your life, which comes by based upon the promises of God. You'll be if you obey God, you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. You'll be blessed when you get up. You'll be blessed. You ought to expect blessings out here tonight. After this message, man, you'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you lie down. You'll be blessed no matter what your age is. All the work of your hands, whatever you put your hands to, will prosper and do well. And God will turn this thing around for you and bless your life in the name of Jesus. I think we ought, I think everybody, I'm gonna do it. I think we ought to just shout real loud three times, blessing, blessing, blessing. Are you ready? That's what's gonna happen to you if you trust and obey God and enter into that covenant relationship through Christ. Are you ready? On the count of three, I want you, we're gonna shout blessing, blessing, blessing. Are you ready? One, two, three, let's do it. Blessing, blessing, blessing. That was so good. Let's do it again. Blessing, blessing, blessing. We speak to that to every person out there. We speak to people in different continents, in different lands, in different time zones. And we speak blessing, blessing, blessing on you as you walk in your covenant with God. Amen. I love you.
0: We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crab and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicinci.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crab and Amago Day, please visit our website at ImagoDaysensi.com. I M A G O D E I C I N C Y dot com.